everybody and welcome to this episode of Cold Talk. I am your host Cole Martins and thank you guys for joining me here today. For the latest information on the show you can follow me on Twitter and like me on Facebook at Cold Talk. That is at C-O-L-E-D-T-A-L-K. Either you can message me questions or topics like to hear in this show. You can even tweet with me during the events. I love to hear what you guys have to say. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe and or follow button to get alerts when the newest episodes are released. Again, you can find this uh, podcast on any major platform, including Spotify, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, and iHeartRadio. Again, find this on any of the major platforms and make sure you hit that subscribe and or follow button. Also, thank you to my brother Landon Martins for the amazing artwork on the page. And to see some more of his work, you can visit his Instagram at Mr. Fancy Land. That is at M-R-F-A-N-C-Y. L-A-N. Today we're going to be talking about a little bit of wrestling as we talk about what happened on last night on WWE Monday Night Raw. That is the November 7th, 2022 episode. A lot of things going on after this one because it's coming on right after the Crown Jewel pay-per-view. Now things are starting to try to shape up for the Survivor Series War Game show coming up here in a couple of couple Saturdays from now. So we'll see how they will build up for that one. So about two and a half weeks away from Survivor Series. So I had to do a quick build for this one. And only a little I say was built for Survivor Series. So I hopefully by next week a more is filled in for that. But right now we only got really a small tease of what's going to happen uh, for Survivor Series as of this episode. But again, hopefully more will be built up into next week. But it was also a show which was very weird as well. Because it seemed like a lot of people who don't usually get on. TV. We had a chance to be on TV this week, which is good. It's good to hear because they get the chance to get out of catering, get on, and show what they can do. Uh, so it's great to see some of those other talents out there. Also, a return on the night. We also had quite a couple title matches on the night as well. Uh, but a lot of things uh, building up, trying to at least build up some characters at least before maybe setting something up going into Survivor Series. But we'll start off with the main event of the night, and that was for the United States Championship as Seth Rollins held a open challenge we thought that was going to get answered earlier in the night between with Finn Ballard but the OC would interfere which we'll get over to that one to a little bit later on in the show uh but then Seth Rollins came out again uh, at the end of the night to have his open challenge uh, open again we would see Mustafa Ali go on the Tron and talk a little bit to Seth Rollins before being attacked by a random person and look out of nowhere came Bobby Lashley saying that he wants his title back from Seth Rollins, which then we see Lashley throw what looks like Ali into a uh, some sort of clothes basket of some sort or some sort of basket backstage. We'd see Lashley come out. And same thing that happened at Crown Jewel when he attacked Brock Lesnar. He did the same thing here. We just immediately attacked Seth Rollins, beat him up all outside the ringside, slamming him through the barricade a few times, uh, getting some nice shots in there. And then finally at the end, throwing him through the announcer table outside where we'd see Adam Pierce tell him he had to leave the arena, which then out of nowhere... Magically, we hear Austin Theories music come in. We would see him bring out his Money in the Bank briefcase. He would try to cash in and set up a match between him and Seth Rollins, which we'd see Theory trying to take him out, but was not able to do it. We would see them in a match for a little bit of uh, back and forth. We would see even see Theory hit a pedigree at one point. But as it looked like uh, Austin Theory was about to win... We would see Bobby Lashley grab him and beat him up a little bit, put him in the hurt lock at one point outside the ring while the ref was out and end up having him collapse. And we see the ref do the 10 count at this point, but we would see Theory get in at 9, and we would see Seth Rollins hit the curve stop and take out Theory and win the match in this one. So i got a lot of things to talk about here. Uh, first off, 
we got the main thing is theory here. He cashes money in the bank briefcase on the United States Championship. Yes, uh, I got a lot of people very ha unhappy about this one. A lot of people very upset, and I can understand why. Because if you have a chance to go for any championship, why would you choose a mid card championship when you have Roman Reigns as a champion, or even going for the NXT Championship with Braun Breaker? The thing is, we've seen theory cash in, try to cash it a few times against Roman Reigns. It did not work. So maybe in his mind, that was a horrible idea. Braun Breaker, I could see him. At least that would have been a better idea, I think, in my opinion, is having him go after NXT Championship. That would make more sense, but that would mean he'd have to go back to NXT for who God knows how long. So, again, if he to do that one as well. So, I think Triple H and company thought it would be best just for him to go back for the United States Championship. And that did not work out for him as well. But, again, like a lot of people were saying as well, and I believe this is probably the true option of everything that's happening here. Is that he's pretty much trying to rebuild the WWE wants to rebuild his character because he was Vince McMahon's guy uh, through the end of his run, and now that they have switched power, they want to give him get him out of that character. They want to get out of his selfie character and all this other stuff. I think try to make him a more serious character like he was back in Evolution when he was a world champion there. So I think they're going to be a, a repackaging for Austin Theory here after this loss. That's what I'm hoping. That's what I think they would be doing. And I get, yes, a lot of people should be mad because the Money in the Bank briefcase was spoiled on a mid-card championship. Yes, that is very, very weird and not a good thing at all. Uh, but I do understand why they did it because, again, so many people are going to be coming back here to f face Roman Reigns. We're going to have Cody coming back here soon. Bray Wyatt's going to probably be faced for the title at some point. We're going to have Randy Orton come back. Probably could be going for the title as well. Uh, maybe some other new signees that could be coming to go for the title. There's a lot of people that could be going for the WWE Championship here sooner rather than later. Hopefully those titles get split here sooner rather than later as well. But there's just a lot of going on in WWE. And the fact that Theory just doesn't fit into that category. And even if he won the title, it would be just seem very disappointing to a lot of fans, I feel like. So yes, a lot of you might be unhappy to cash in on the World Championship and lose that match. That would make... And he probably just got destroyed in a couple minutes, I feel like, if that were the case. But, again, I understand both sides of the story. But I see what they're trying to do here. And that's my mindset of what they're trying to do on this one. Uh, but it's happened. It's done. The Money Bank briefcase is now gone from WWE until the next Money in the Bank ladder match. So, I guess that's that at that point. And we'll see what they do with Theory. But, again, let's go back to Seth Rollins and Bobby Lashley. Seth Rollins seems like now he's officially a face, so that's cool to see. Bobby Lashley go back to heel. I like that too, because Bobby Lashley is a scary dude, and that dude could play the heel really good. He showed that off on Saturday when he beat the hell out of Brock Lesnar, and that even made him pretty much pass out in that, at the end of that match, even though he lost. But again, it'll be interesting to see a Rollins versus Lashley rivalry. I think that'd be a fun one to watch. But now that they have swip, switched roles from face and heel... Uh, this would be even more interesting to watch. But again, Seth Rollins retains his United States Championship after first getting beat up by Bobby Lashley. Austin Theory cashing in the Money Bank briefcase, trying to pick up the win, but could not do it thanks to Bobby Lashley taking out Theory and allowing Rollins to hit the curb stomp and pick up the win and retain his championship. Next, we'll talk about what ended up beginning the night, which was the Usos, the Bloodline, starting off in the ring with their brother, Solo Sokoa. To kick off the show, trying to talk to the crowd about what the Bloodline has been doing. And talking about their title match that's coming up on Friday against the New Day. Pretty much crowd trying to get, in, get in his chance again and saying that they need to stop making that champ. Pretty much as we're going over that one. And then out of nowhere, we would hear the New Day come out and talk with the Usos family here. And kind of go in the middle of the ring. Pretty much 
the main thing that Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston would talk about is how they, they had to pretty much earn their way up. They had to claw their way up to where they are today. They had to not know if they're ever going to be sitting and catering, if they'll ever wrestle again. Had to, like Xavier Woods was saying, I had to make a YouTube channel and make myself more relevant, a part of the company. He did, that's not pretty much talking about everything that Kofi Kingston and Xavier Woods had to do to remain in WWE, where the Usos, who have the bloodline, of course, with the way their family has been a part of the business for so long, that they were built into the industry. They were kind of pretty much saying given everything to the industry. A lot of people were saying this could be a shoot on the bloodline a little bit, saying that they were given everything that they have. But again, I don't think it was. It was just more of a storytelling for both these guys. Kind of makes Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston feel more like the underdogs, the more appreciative ones, the more fan-like people because they had to work hard to get where they had to today. And then out of nowhere, Matt Riddle decides to come out with his bong. Pretty much saying that they need to give the hostility here in the ring a little bit. That everybody should hit his bong to make him relax. Uh, bong as in the musical instrument, not, of course, the smoking bong. Uh, so we would see Xavier Woods and Kofi Kingston hit. Surprisingly, we would see one of the Usos. I can't remember which one. I think it was uh, Jimmy ended up hitting the bong. Jay did not want to. Uh, but then that led to a six-man tag team match where the New Day and Riddle would take on the Usos and Solo Sokoa. A uh, very fun match in this one. Uh, of course, New Day and the Usos always put on a great match every time those well, those four are in the ring. If, even if you, Bobby, Big E, feeling for those guys, it's always a great match no matter what. Uh, but a fun back-and-forth match. A lot of quick tags, a lot of double teams in this one. But at one point, the bloodline wouldn't take control and everybody was beating each other up outside the ring where the bodyguard this the big man Sokoa would come in and with Riddle both of them in the ring illegal he would see Sokoa end up hitting his finishing move I think it was a swing Sokoa is what they call it and he would put Riddle down and win the match one two three to get the Usos and Sokoa the win again this took about 40 minutes of the show but overall great effort by all six of these men it was a fun match to watch a lot of great action in this one and again, setting up the match for Friday where we'll have the Usos versus the New Day. And that will be a great one to watch on Friday Night SmackDown. I'm going to guess that will probably be the main event of the night. Of course, if the Usos win this match, they will be the longest reigning tag team champions in WWE history, I believe that would be. And again, the New Days are the ones that hold the title. So the New Day have one more chance to try to hold on to their record for one more, hold on to their record by beating them. But again, of course, I believe the Usos are going to win that match, of course, because the Usos are still. A part of the bloodline. The bloodline ain't losing momentum, any momentum anytime soon. But should be a fun match to watch on Friday night. But again, the Usos and Solo Sokoa pick up the win over the New Day and Matt Riddle. Then we'll go back to where we began the night with Seth Rollins after this happened after the New Day Usos match, which we had the Seth Rollins come out to do the US Open Challenge, the huge smile on his face, of course, and all that stuff. Then Judgment Day would come out with Finn Balor. It looks like it looked like Balor was going to end up challenging Rollins for the United States Championship. But then before we could get anything going, we had the OC's music hit. And the OC would come out and confront the Judgment Day. And we'd see Seth Rollins slowly back away and go up the ramp because he realized it was going to happen. He didn't want to get involved in a fight. We would see AJ Styles talk about how they have a real Ripley problem. And that they didn't know how to solve it. But someone they couldn't know who to find. But somebody found them. Then out of nowhere, a hooded person came out of the crowd hit Rhea Ripley in the back where we'd see the hood come off we saw blue hair and if you know that blue hair you know exactly that could be and that was Mia Yim making her return back to WWE she would end up hitting Rhea Ripley the kindle stick a few times or we had a big brawl between the OC and the Judgment Day 
where at the end we would see the OC finally take control. Mia, Rhea Ripley was beat up outside the ring a little bit. So good to see Mia Yim, who had a good rivalry with Rhea Ripley back in NXT. Back in WWE, she was a very good superstar. She could get some uh, good in-ring moves and sets and everything like that. She is very good in the ring. Uh, surprised she didn't get a big pop, but I can think a lot of people didn't recognize who she was at first, maybe. Of course, those who don't watch NXT aren't going to know who she is, but... Overall, great return for Mia Yim. I'm pretty excited to see what she'll be able to do with the OC here. Uh, another added to their faction. We'll see if she stays in the faction after this rivalry is over. But Mia Yim, a great addition to the women's roster as well on Raw. As it seems like the more, more each, as each week goes on here, we're adding more and more to that women's roster, which WWE wanted to do. They said they want to add more women to this roster to make it more competitive, which I love to see. That's what we all want to see as fans. Hopefully that leads to maybe another Evolution pay-per-view coming up here in the future as well for the women's division. But again, Mia Yim joins the AC of AJ Styles, Luke Gallows, and Carl Anderson as now they'll get ready for a four-on-four -four match probably coming up here in the future between those two factions. Up next, we had The Miz taking on Johnny Gargano. And this one, The Miz would come out kind of talk, claiming that Johnny Gargano was lying the week before in that interview he did, talking about how all the stuff that The Miz did and that he did not pay uh, Dexter Lewis to do all the stuff that he did. And then Gargano came out and said that Eve, the private investigator that the Miz was talking to prior that was actually somebody Gagano hired and had a private camera on there which then admitted that the Miz admitted himself that he did all the things that Johnny Gargano said which then led into the match with Miz being pretty angry but a good back and forth match between these two that was all over the place a lot of great movement between these two a lot of great reversals a lot of great action going on in this uh, but the main part of this match that happened was we would see The Miz outside the ring at one point where it looked like he was getting dragged under the ring by Dexter Loomis once again. He told the ref to check on the ring and see if he could find Dexter Loomis where he would have a pipe, hit Johnny Gargano in the head with it, go in the ring, get the pin, and pick up the victory. And as The Miz was celebrating, of course, Dexter Loomis had to try to attack The Miz with a chair while, and then he would run away from security through the crowd. So again, Dexter Loomis setting up, pretty much, got to be guessing, soon would be setting up a match with the Miz here in the next couple of weeks, maybe a Survivor Series that could happen as well, but we'll have to wait and see. But again, they continue to build up in the rivalry. John Gargano just kind of playing the middleman in this rivalry right now. Apparently, WWE doesn't have too much for him to do, but I got to be guessing this will be ending by the end of this month. This rivalry, I would hope, and we get Gargano going in his own separate way, and Dexter Lewis kind of maybe starting his own thing now too. Maybe we'll have somewhat of the way reunion at some point here, as we'll see. Uh, what happens with some other people as well. But again, Dexter Loomis will probably again be going on some Miz here sooner than later. But again, the Miz picks up a win in a cheap way that doesn't make Johnny Gargano look like he lost clean. So it looks, saves his character a little bit. But again, continues on the rivalry as well. Next, we had Austin Theory take on Sasha Benjamin. Like I mentioned earlier, that AJ Austin Theory tried to cash in on the Money in the Bank briefcase on Seth Rollins but failed. But in this match against... Charles Benjamin, a pretty good match between these two. Charles Benjamin, even though he is an older guy in the ring, he still can put on some great moves. As these two had some great action back and forth throughout this one, but we would see Austin Theory end up picking up the win with A Town down. But it's good to see Charles Benjamin back on TV again, getting him a chance to shine a little bit. And again, even at 47 years old, this guy can still move. He's still great in the ring, even if he's just in there to enhance talent and kind of show them off a little bit. He does a great job at that. But it was a fun match to watch. A good match. Both. Gives both guys look good, but Austin Theory picks up the win in that one. Of course, that was a good spot on his night. The other spot did not, not turn out well too for him as he lost that money to bank briefcase. 
Next, we had the 24-7 championship on the line and didn't know that even existed anymore as Dana Brooke, the champion, took on Nikki Cross. Uh, There's a backstage segment between Nikki Cross and Dana Brooke where they got into an altercation with each other, which led to this match in the ring. Uh, this match did not last too long as Nikki Cross dominated this one and picked up the win to become the new 24-7 championship. But that was not it for the Scott in this one as she, she was walking backstage. She was just looking up in the to the Raptors backstage in the, and just looking, walking uh, down the whatever the ramp or the aisle way they were in. As she was walking, she would just slowly try to dump the 24-7 championship in the trash can. She said they missed on that one. I don't know how she did that, but she missed the trash can. But it was obvious she was trying to throw it away. So now the question is, is now that the end of the 24-7 championship? I would say so, but we'll have to see. But again, uh, that's what almost what it seems like. If she just threw the championship away, I think that is the end of it. I think Nikki Cross will be the final 24-7 champion ever at this point from the looks of it. Because they didn't have the, that thing on TV for God knows how long. But good to see that. I think it's a good thing to get rid of that championship. I think it's long overdue. Yes, it was fun at times. It had some good moments. It had its bad moments. It was just a fun title to have on TV just to kind of get everybody involved, I guess, is the way to put it. To give them some chance for TV, but look goofy at the same time. But again, no point in having a title that just means nothing, I feel like. It, it, it was a good idea at the start, but nowadays I just think it kind of died down a little bit. But again, Nikki Cross beat Dana Brooke to become the 24-7 champion, and she will probably be the final one. Up next, we had Elias taking on Otis. Uh, a pretty good match between these two. Of course, Otis trying to get revenge on Elias after kind of the helping out a little bit with him, with Matt Riddle beating him in that trick-or-treat fight. Or was it trick or yeah, trick or treat street fight, trick or street fight from last week. So these two went at each other. Uh, very competitive match between these two as well. It was a fun back and forth uh, between Elias and Otis in this one. But again, the big man had the advantage of his strength and size. He would clearly use it in this one, and he would be able to take down Elias and pick up the win in this one. Uh, good to see Otis getting some singles win here in the last couple of at least in this last past month. Is he's getting quite a few singles wins. It's been about 50-50, I would say. But he's been doing a great job in the ring. Uh, Otis, hopefully, he'll string him more and more as a singles guy because I think he's a great wrestler. He had a great push when he won that Money in the Bank briefcase, which they are not able to use because he ended up losing that briefcase, of course. Uh, but again, we'll see if Otis can get a little more push here. But Elias, you think he'd be getting a little bit more right now, but he has not been. We'll see if they'll be able to do, use him up more here in the future. But right now, I think they're still trying to figure out what they're trying to do with Elias now that he has returned. Uh, but again, two guys trying to figure those, figure out a path right now. But Elias picks up the win over Elias. In the last match to talk about on the night, we had Cedric Alexander, who has been on TV for the first time in a while, while taking on Baron Corbin. As we would see, pretty much JBL talking good about Baron Corbin before this match between Cedric Alexander. Uh, but this was a very quick match as well. Baron Corbin pretty much beat up on Cedric Alexander. Sander got a little bit of an advantage in there for a tiny bit. But out of nowhere, we'd see... Alexander trying to do a move off the ropes. Baron Corbin would catch him and put him straight into the end of days, which is a very cool uh, transition into that one and then to his finishing move. I like that a lot. Uh, but again, very quick match. Kind of wish they gave Cedric Alexander a little bit more time, but gave him a little bit of offense at least. But again, Baron Corbin pretty much picks up a dominant win in a couple minutes. And they continue to try to build up Baron Corbin's character. But again, good to see Cedric Alexander on TV once again. But that was all the matches on Raw for the night. Eight total matches on the night. Also, one thing I should mention that I forgot to talk about as well. There was one segment where we did set up a war game match. As we have been now been announced that damage control. So, we'll 
So damage controls the uh, Bailey, EO, Sky, and Dakota Kai, and more than likely I'd be guessing Nikki Cross and uh, Gold D taking on Oscar, Alexa Bliss, and Bianca Belair. So it would be a five-on-five five match. So Bianca Belair's team has to find two more people, where Damage Control has to find one more. So it'll be interesting to see who will be joining those teams. You would have to think joining Bianca Belair's team will be Candice Ray when she comes back. For Damage Control, it'd be interesting to see possibly uh, Tegan Knox join that team. Even if Tegan Knox joining the other team would be fun because of what happened at the last War Games. I could see that more. I could see Tegan Knox joining Bianca Belair's side. I don't know who would be joining Damage Control, but that would be interesting to see as well. But there's a lot of questions on who could be joining both of those teams. So it should be fun to watch to see who is going to be joining those teams in the next couple of weeks. But we now have one match at least decided for Survivor Series War Games. And that is a women's war game match, which will be, again, damage, Team Damage Control versus Team Bel Air. So that will be one to keep an eye on as well. And maybe possibly this Friday we can get our second men's war game match, which I believe would be the Bud Line versus Team Sheamus, I would say. The Brawling Brutes and part of the New Days, that would be my guess. But again, we'll have to wait and see who will be in the other War Game match and who's going to fill in for the women's side of the War Game match as well. But again, that is everything that happened on Monday Night Raw. Again, that is on November 7th, 2022. Again, like I mentioned, a lot of guys who were in back and don't have too much action in the ring had a chance tonight. So, For example, Cedric Alexander, Otis, Elias. We also had Dana Brooke out there. Shelton Benjamin. Anybody else I can think of on the top of the list here? Mia Yim making her return as well was very good. Uh, the New Day and uh, Uso's awesome promo at the beginning of the show. Fun to watch. Uh, the match was also great as well. And then also what have ended up ending the night with Seth Rollins retaining his United States Championship after Bobby Lashley beat the hell out of him. Theory would cash in his Money in the Bank briefcase. It was he Bobby Lashley beat him up outside while the ring was ref was distracted before Seth Rollins would hit the stop and pick up the win in that one. So again, an interesting night, I would say, especially being after a pay-per-view, but it seems like it's a rebuild night almost, given there's started some rest also, more than likely, because of everything that happened at Crown Jewel just a couple days ago, and all that traveling and everything else those stars had to do, give some people some time to relax after doing a pay-per-view like that, of course, give everybody who traveled some time off, because I actually, now I think about it, is anybody who, anybody in this show apart, besides... Damage Control and Bianca Belair and all them. Anybody else part of that pay-per-view that was there? I don't uh, believe so. Although C in Judgment Day, but they weren't in a match as well. They just did a little brawl segment. The Usos were in a match. So the Usos, I think, were the only one that were in a match that were a part of the pay-per-view. And Bobby Lashley as well did some stuff as well. So only a few people from that pay-per-view. The rest of them getting a little bit of a rest, it sounds like. I think that's what the main plan was. For Monday Night Raw, give some people some rest, get them, get them some time to relax a little bit before going back on TV again. So I'm guessing that next week's Monday Night Raw will be a big night, setting up stuff for Survivor Series. A lot of big names will be on that show, so that'll be something worth keeping an eye on for next Monday night. But again, a lot to look forward here in the next couple of weeks as we build up for Survivor Series. But again, a Monday Night Raw that was kind of set up to be low key. I feel like again, just giving some people some time to get on TV. And kind of builds little things up. But again, keep an eye on next week. Because I think a lot of things are going to go down on Monday Night 
Raw. But that is all the wrestling I've talked about here today. Thank you guys for tuning with me for the latest information in the show. You can follow me on Twitter at Cold Talk and like me on Facebook as well at Cold Talk. That is at C O L E D T A L K. Either you can message me questions or topics like you hear in the show. You can even tweet with me during the events. I'd love to hear what you guys have to say. Also, don't forget to hit the subscribe and or follow button to alert us when the newest episodes are released. Again, this podcast is available on all major platforms that include Spotify, Apple Music, M- uh, excuse me, Amazon Music, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, Deezer, and Heart Radio, and all other major platforms. Again, make sure you hit the subscribe button to follow when the new episodes are released. Coming up t- uh, today, make sure you keep an eye on the sports podcast as well. We'll be talking about the end of the World Series, the end of the NASCAR season, what happened last week in the NFL and college football, that happened in the NBA as well. And also this week is the beginning of college basketball, so there's something to keep stuff to keep an eye on that as well. So all your major sports news will be talked about on that episode coming out later today, or if it is already out, you can keep find it on my playlist. About on Wednesday, we'll be talking about what happened in the NFL in week 10. We'll talk about uh, also what happened in weeks last week nine. Talk about all the games from that and what's going on with my predictions for week 10 as well. Also, I'll be doing my halfway season awards. So, I'm talking about who I think the MVP is, offensive player, defensive player of the year, rookie of the year, offensive rookie of the year, defensive rookie of the year. All those awards will go over as well and see where everybody stands so far this season. Also, on Wednesday, I'll be talking about WWE's NXT. On Thursday, we'll talk about what happened on AEW Dynamite. Then, usually, we do an episode on Saturday talking about SmackDown, but I will be out of town and a little bit of a vacation, so I will not be doing SmackDown this Saturday. We'll talk about talk about a little bit of that next Tuesday when I talk about Raw as well. So, bleed in a little bit of SmackDown and Raw together on the same show. But make sure you keep an eye on all that stuff that's coming up here on the show. Make sure you hit the subscribe and follow button. Once again, I'm your host, Cole Martins. Thank you guys for joining me here. And you guys all have a great day.